Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Everyone's favorite segment's coming on, coming back at the end. What's on Jared's mind? We don't have we time. We have not we done this have in a while. We have time for what's on my mind. We haven't done it in a while, so we're <laughs> going to ask Jared what's on his mind. I saw an article on ESPN, College Football Talk, kind of uh, for next season. Uh, so we get into a bunch of different topics. Uh, Caleb Williams, can he go back-to-back, joining Ar- Archie Manning as the only back-to-back Heisman winners? Who will be this year's TCU? Who will be this year's OU and A&M? Which you don't want to be. Uh, and I want you to give me an off-the-wall prediction of the upcoming season. Thunderfall last night to Atlanta. Um, in a really entertaining game, 137-132. We can hit that a little bit. Uh, and then joining us right here off the top of the show is the superintendent of schools uh, here in Elk City. It's Mr. Sparks. Yeah, Mike Sparks is going to tell us about some uh, the, the grades uh, that the district-wide uh, that were released, upcoming bond issue to, to be voted on, uh, get the word out on what's going on there. So 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Talk about anything. Whatever else is on your mind, feel free to chime, uh, to chime in. 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, stay in touch with us. K-A-D-S-A-M.com or download the app. The app's got radio. It's got the Penny News. Uh, a brand new edition of that Penny News is hitting the uh, newsstands right now. I actually saw a brand new edition of it last night when Blake got back with it. So uh, go pick up your free copy of the Penny News. Big Elkskin Paragon TV coming up on Friday. High school hoops all over the place with the live video streaming. And then the Skinny on Sports podcast, K-A-D-S-A-M.com, uh, if you miss the show entirely. All right, uh, Mr. Sparks is in here. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. There's been a bunch of exciting stuff uh, going on here as uh, the second semester has started. Those grades uh, were released district-wide. Tell everybody uh, how we did. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I'm excited to share this. Uh, and I think one of the things that, that I want people to know and, and that we keep talking about, you know, in Oklahoma right now, you're getting ready to see the school choice issue. Uh, it's, a, it's a big thing for the governor. And so one of those things that he is talking about is deciding what schools are considered to be getting the job done and what schools are not. And he wants to base it on criteria that's already in place with the school report cards that are issued. And so I want everybody out there to know uh, what the teachers and students in Elk City have accomplished. And so uh, our our elementary site doesn't get an overall grade, uh, but they do look at, you know, how those kids progressing. And so they increased uh, their metrics by over 10 points uh, for their academic score. But, you know, our other three buildings actually get a grade. And so uh, our intermediate school, which had never had above a C, is going to be a school with a B. They have a B rating, uh, and they were only about four points away 
from being an A on their student growth. And so what those teachers and students have been able to do is amazing. When you look at our middle school, they did receive an A in growth, and they imp- they increased their school letter grade by two grades. They have a B for the first time since uh, they started keeping track of this in 2018. They've never been above a C, and, and they have a B. And so that's I think that's really big. And then the high school missed having a B overall by five points. And so to see that growth, uh, I would just say that give us a chance to have that conversation, Mr. Governor. Uh, We've got some good things going on in Elk City. We would love to have you down here and share with you why our public school is doing a good job with our kids, with our teachers, and making a difference for those kids and and offering hope for a future that maybe they don't know what that looks like yet, but they're going to be prepared for it. What goes into compiling those those grades and, and those scores for the schools? So they look at attendance. Uh, they also look at how kids are performing on those standardized tests. Uh, they also will look at things such as graduation rate and opportunities beyond uh, high school. The thing that they look at the most, which which I have, I think is the most important. When a kid enters a grade, where that kid is at in their academic progress and where they end up at the end of that year, you should see some growth. And that's the thing that I'm most proud of. Not one time have we ever told our kids, you need to pass this test. We've talked about doing your best, giving us your best, and and trying to meet those kids where they are. So to see our schools earn A's or potentially, you know, right there on the cusp of having A's in student growth, that means our teachers are meeting the kids at all levels, whether it's that child that you know, was already doing all that the school or the the state would expect him to do, you're seeing them go to an advanced level. That child that was maybe behind because of COVID or different things, you're seeing those kids move along the line too. So I just think it speaks highly of what the teachers are doing to reach all the students, which is what we want. We want every kid to get that opportunity, not just the kid at the top, not the kid at the bottom. And, And then sometimes when that happens, you miss that kid that's in the middle, right? We're seeing it across the board, all grade levels, all kids being reached and improving and so i'm proud of that and again as a dad my two kids are in this school system i couldn't ask for anything more i saw your daughter this morning walking out of hutches when i was getting a drink actually i hope she was on time <laughs> yeah she you know, she was she had plenty of time to get there final question on this uh, speaking of of covid and, and you know it felt like uh you know everyone going to the distance learning and all that stuff and and some a lot would argue that that handcuffed the learning ability of these kids are we re- pardon the pun, recovering from COVID when it comes to um, back in the classroom and, and learning? I, I think we are. I think the, the biggest thing, and, and we're, we're trying to really, I think we still have a little ways to go as far as getting kids to understand, you know, attendance-wise. You know, we got in that phase for a while where if you thought you might be sick, the government was telling you to stay home for for five days, for 10 days. And right. so we're still seeing some of that. And, and what we do know is there is a direct relationship uh, between the outcomes for the students and their attendance. And so we're really trying to encourage families and students to get back into that idea of, of, of strong attendance and being at school. And, and we're seeing progress there. Yep. I mean, we're seeing a lot of results. Um, I think at the middle school at one time this year, he, there were, you know, Instead of 100 kids they were concerned about with attendance, we were looking at maybe 10 to 11. So you're seeing some very positive things. And I think some of the the innovations that have been done, you know, we have a traveling trophy at the intermediate school that Mountain Man's does for us Mm -hmm. for attendance awards. Uh, Those kids get excited about getting to get that award. At the middle school, they're awarding attendance and not just looking to – 
I don't know, uh, discipline someone, for lack of a tennis. We're starting to celebrate the people being there, and I just think it's the, the switch in, in how we're trying to attack that has made a, a big difference for our kids. Yeah, I, I know just from, from my, my son being there, the, those, those rewards for positive things seem to really be working in, in his mind, you know, whether it's going to get a drink at Hutch's or going across and being able to go to the Arrowhead, yeah. Arrowhead Center for certain, yeah. you know, uh, achievements. You know, those are things that – as a, as a kid it's huge yeah it's rewards <laughs> yeah. Uh, for for doing you know what you need to be doing and, and it's more important than the smiley face you got on that worksheet <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah a little sticker for <laughs> a way to go uh we're hanging out with superintendent of schools here at elk city uh mr mike sparks all right coming up uh on on valentine's day valentine's day is going to be a big day for a lot of reasons. Oh yeah, that's right. We- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the main one here is uh, the the transportation bond issue is going to be put forth before the voters of Elk City. Tell us exactly what we got going on there. So it is a one and a half million dollar. I I want to call it a transportation investment. Mm-hmm. And in Elk City right now, you cannot pass a bond issue before the year twenty twenty nine that does not have uh, a, a tax increase of some type. So what we have done is we have looked at how we could make the biggest impact to what I believe is a need. It's not a want. We're not trying to build a a fancy gym or auditorium or or anything. It's a need. Um, We're trying to replace our buses, whether it be an activity bus or a route bus. Uh, The average age is 20-plus years. Some are reaching that 23-, 24-year mark. And so this, this transportation investment, uh, is a five-year issue, which is the most, uh, the longest length of time that you can run one of these issues, and the cost to the taxpayer is five dollars and thirty-five cents annually for every one hundred dollars that you would owe in property tax. Um, and so I, I think we we took it uh, into account when we were coming up with this issue of trying to make the smallest impact on the taxpayer, but benefit our kids. Um, you're talking about potentially 2,130 kids that are going to be impacted, whether they ride the bus to and from school, if they're in uh, athletics, if they're in band, if they're in choir, field trips, you name it. And so we're looking to replace, like I said, the athletic buses, the activity buses that, you know, take our band, take our choir. Uh, we're also looking at those route buses for our daily trips for our kids. And another thing that we've looked at is, for example, some of our smaller groups. And, and you go across any town in Oklahoma right now, and you're going to see a bus out there that says bus drivers needed. Uh, there's just not enough. And so we're also going to try to do some passenger vans that do not require a CDL, but would be able to take your cheerleading team, be able to take your academic team, maybe a small uh, honor choir, your golf teams, mm-hmm. those things and uh, fit the needs of those uh, those groups but not require that cdl as well and so this issue will come up february the 14th and uh, make sure you go vote and then take your wife or <laughs> other out to dinner <laughs> well and for people that don't know i you when you first hear this i've heard well yeah okay the football team needs needs a better bus no 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 that's not what it is it's not it is that yes but it's also every single student in elk city public schools at some point or another 
is impacted by this issue because everybody at some point is going to ride a bus. That that's correct. And and you know I've been asked why can we not maybe buy one here and buy one there and and in the future absolutely that that's where we would like to get to. The problem is we have seven route buses that we're running every day. Uh, we have four activity buses. Um, three of the four activity buses are in that twenty-two to twenty-three year old range. Uh, the route buses, it's the same thing. I was driving bus nine for a while. I believe it's a 1998. So we've gotten to a point where they're all hitting us at one time and we just financially can't, we cannot go out out of our funds that are available to us and replace them all at once. As we move forward, yes. You know, if, if you waited until 2029 to run this issue where you were not asking for a tax increase, uh, those buses are looking at 30 years of age, you know, and so to me, it's a it's a safety issue. And I, this is it just it's the truth. There were a lot of times, whether it be at a football game, state baseball tournament last year, they'd come and say, can you guys please shut off that bus? That bus is well, the truth is we don't shut them off because there have been times they haven't started again. So we've got them going. Let's keep them running. Uh, and so it's just time um, to, to make this investment for our kids, for the school. Um, so that we have better transportation for all of our kids, not just, like you said, it's not athletics, it's everybody. At one time, our two charter buses this year had been on four trips. One of those trips was to the state marching contest uh, for band, um, and they'd been in the the mechanics five times. They're just, it's just, just time. time. It's just time. Well, And also, it's a, such a financial burden on the district where you have to continue to pump money into those buses to repair them. Right? Isn't it just makes more sense? Just we need to replace these to stop that, to stop that leaking of money into into repairs and in all that stuff. We're spending close to eighty thousand dollars a year maintaining our fleet right now, and, and we're not talking tires and oil changes. We're talking about right. keeping them on the road and keeping them going. Yes, you are correct. I want to go back to something you said just a second ago. You drove bus nine, so that means you have you have firsthand experience because you're out actually driving one of these buses to and from school i have always joked back to when i was coaching that i am the 4a bus driver of the year <laughs> got to be on about 20 years running now i don't think anybody's taken that title from me um i kept my cdl and, and just like we talked about in every school across the country there's a need for bus drivers and we had a need and i have a license and it made more sense for me to go drive that bus than say one of our principals or teachers uh, and so, and I had a great time. I loved it. Uh, I'm on call anytime they need me to go back to it. But yeah, so the bus that I'm driving is responsible for transporting to and from school a little over 400 kids every day. And uh, you get up over about 35 miles an hour and it'll start to shake a little bit. It's just, it's worn out. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again, this investment will affect over 2,000 kids. Um, Every kid at some point in time may potentially ride that bus. You know, we took every third grader we had to the zoo this year. Mm -hmm. um, those require buses going down I-40. Heaven forbid if one of those buses breaks down and we've got 70 third graders on the side of the interstate because we don't have a chance to, I mean, an, an old bus broke down. That's not to say a, a new one's not going to have something wrong with it either, but it, your chances are a lot better. And I would say this, too, on our route buses. Our buses are are 
the the year that they were made there's been a lot of improvement to safety mm-hmm. for for school buses now that our buses don't have such as um, a no child left behind alarm um, the idea that they now making buses that will monitor around the perimeter of the bus just like on our cars we get too close to another vehicle it beeps at us you know mm-hmm. some of that and and just I, I remember this year, and one of the things about driving a route bus, to me, it is one of the most stressful jobs in a school district. I had uh, taken some kids. I'm dropping them off. I had about 35 kids go. I watched all my kids walk in front of me. You're doing the left, the right, somebody in the back. Mr. Sparks, hey, so-and-so left their, their backpack or something. You look at them, and and this little girl decided to go back across mm-hmm. the street on me. Now, I didn't come close to hitting her, but I'm going to tell you, it made my heart stop mm-hmm. for a minute. We hadn't put the bus in drive, but just how quickly something bad could go wrong. So if I can have an, a, a sensor now that beeps at me and says, hey, somebody's there, I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. Uh, it's it, it's a need. It's not a want. And, and it's everybody, every child in the school district, at some point or another, from kindergarten through senior year, will be affected by uh, by this transportation improvement. There's no doubt about that. Uh, outside of, of those things, how, how else is the school the school year going? Uh, again, I've been here a year and a half, and I can't – I say it all the time, but it's just the truth. I can't tell you how quickly it has become home, and, and I'll give you a funny story. Uh, we You know, we didn't have school Tuesday with, with the winter storm, and um, Tuesday night, I think it was about 8.30, 9 o'clock, the doorbell rings, and I go to the door. There's no one there. I, I saw the vehicle drive off. There's a batch of chocolate chip cookies on my porch, still warm, with a note that says, we brought cookies, no school tomorrow, with a big smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> now, I found out who the two young men were. The cookies were great. I said I told them they should have came in. I had extra milk. We could have ate them together. But unfortunately, we're going to go to school on Wednesday. But uh, Now, I've been an administrator for about 12 years nobody's ever brought cookies to uh, my front door to say hey no school tomorrow so again I, that's funny you're living in a pretty good place with a lot of really good kids that that feel comfortable enough to come do that mm-hmm. I, I i thought it was hilarious i loved it so yeah and i know that uh with, with the with the covid and the the distance learning or the the virtual learning it was a snow day it wasn't a learning day even better absolutely uh <laughs> They need to break every once in a while, right? Well, yeah, and and uh, listen, I just know as a parent when when the COVID lockdown came, I know what it was like at my house trying to get my two kids to do distance learning, and and I know it works for some. It's, you know, it's not a blanket statement, but my wife and I are both teachers, and it was a battle every day with my two kids to do distance learning, and so. There may come a point in time that you have to resort to that, but that's not going to ever be our first uh, first first approach. When, right. when we did it, my my oldest was a kindergartner at that time, and so I set her down in this little it was my office. Now it's a playroom, but set her down. Okay, let's get through this work. Here's today's work. It's hard to do in a playroom surrounded <laughs> by her toys. <laughs> She's looking around. I want to go over there and play kitchen, Daddy. I want to do this. It's like, no, we got to do this first. Let's do the letter J here. It was, it was tough. It's tough. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, and it does seem like as we move further away from it, uh, even the kids watching them interact, they've kind of got back into yeah. the groove of, of being social again. Yes, and, and getting to be kids. Mm-hmm. Getting no, to be kids. No doubt. All right, tell us one more time. Uh, the, the transportation 
uh, improvements coming up. When is that, and uh, how how can people get involved to try to help you guys get the get the word out and, and get people really excited about this? So it, the vote is February the fourteenth, um, and again we're replacing buses that have been in service for over twenty two years. One of the great things that has happened, um, I've I've been fortunate enough to get to speak at the Lions Club, uh, Rotary, Kiwanis, um, the City Council. We're going to meet with the firemen on February the 6th, and uh, we've put it out on our Facebook page. I've had people ask me, can we share it? Can we do it? Absolutely. We've put it out on our parent square to all of our parents. And so, uh, to me, it's been just a community-wide effort of people who want to make sure that that we get the word out. Um, Just like today, it was gracious of you guys to let me come on the radio and visit with you about it. Get the word out. February the 14th a transportation investment that'll set our district up for the next, you know, possibly 15 years. We can start replacing one at a time, having that opportunity that we don't get in this again. But uh, if anybody has questions about this, uh, they can call the office. Uh, One thing to note, all of these buses are going to be diesel motors. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was a question back in the fall about some of that. Uh, All right. Should Scott Rowland have been an, had been a Hall of Famer? <laughs> well, I don't know about Scott Rowland, but I got to tell you, the, there was a day you guys were talking about the Texas Rangers, and so that was where we went every year. My dad always took me, and so as you're talking about the Rangers, I've not hardly watched the Texas Rangers. How can you betray Nolan Ryan? And the Rangers were winning when Nolan Ryan was involved with you. You, you let him walk over whatever, and look what's happened since. Scott Rowland was fine. I'm more of a, hey, Richie Zisk, Buddy Bell. You, I'm a longtime Rangers diehard guy. The, the, the Nolan Ryan situation, John Daniels is gone. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe they bring I, Nolan about, back in. That, that's about when I wanted John Daniels gone, is when they let Nolan walk and go where he went. But hopefully, good things are coming for the Rangers. I can't wait to go. We're going to try to go down and, and watch a game this summer. Uh, I can't wait to see that new stadium. Have you been? No, not to the new one. Not to the new one. But I, I go back. So in 1987, as a member of the Woodward Travelers, we got to go down and play in the old oh, ballpark, yeah. the old blue one. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. One for two. I remember the ball hitting <laughs> left center. I remember that to this day. You know, I know exactly where it hit. That thing doesn't exist anymore. But in my mind, I know exactly where that ball landed. <laughs> Go right to center. where the spot is Absolutely. on the street right now. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> From the text line, Coach Sparks always loved Paul O'Neill with the Yankees. Oh, yeah. You got, oh, absolutely. How, how could you not? There's yeah. a guy that showed up every day to work hard and, and most underrated player uh, was not – I mean, just showed up every day and went to work and did what he was supposed to do. Yep. It was funny. I was looking at a list yesterday of the, the best 25 players of the 1990s. Paul O'Neill was like 21st. I for, kind of That's a name you forget. It's easy to forget a name like that. Well, Mr. Sparks, thanks so much uh, for joining us uh, today. Uh, good luck. We'll do whatever we can uh, to get the word out and get this thing passed because it's, a, it's an absolute need in the Elk City School District right now. Absolutely. I, and, again, I, I appreciate everybody that is, that is doing their part to help us get the word out and that's that's all we want to do we want to make sure people know about it and if they have questions please call us uh and we'd be more than happy to answer those questions for you and and please go vote on february the 14th absolutely now thank you for your time good luck we'll be seeing you around thank you guys very much and superintendent of schools mike sparks joining us for a little bit here this morning on skinny on sports thanks again to uh, to mr sparks uh, for stopping by february 14th we'll be uh, talking about that uh, all the way up 
until that date uh, for multiple reasons, reminding you guys out there and gals to, to, to not blow your chance at a great Valentine's Day present for your spouse and not blow the chance for a need of buses. Have you got? Have you done your Valentine's Day shopping yet? No. You haven't? I have. Well, congratulations. I man. have. It's not even February yet. I don't even know why. You know, yeah, I, why? Why? I'll tell you why. It's another Hallmark holiday. I'll tell you why. Because there's been times where I've been a, an exceptional gift giver. Okay. In my wife's opinion, not just mine. Well, that's good. I'm 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 lacking that. I, I really picked it up for Christmas. Patting myself ahead. on the back. Good. There, there is, and you know, some of them were all different ranges of prices, all different ranges of of ideas. Then things went started to go south. A couple of either Valentine's Day or might it might have been Mother's Day. I got a little bit too confident in my abilities. And I saw this lamp, and it was—it looked like this really cool lamp, right? And it was like a made of uh, roses. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Not, <laughs> not. Not. Not it. It wasn't it. I mean, it was like when I when I received the package in the mail. First off, I wasn't thought, what you thought it was. Well, first off, I was like, "Why is this box so small? This oh, looks like no. a huge lamp." Instead, it's not even as big as this forty-four oh, ounce cup I've got dear. right here. Then I open it up, and you gave it to her. I did because oh. I was stuck. It, it was too like I was really kind of sweating whether or not it would be there on time, and I'd even kind of broached the subject of, "Hey, hun." I ordered this yeah. really cool gift, but it may not be here on time. And then it did get here on like right in time. And I thought, oh my goodness. Mm. Ever since then I've been struggling. But I think I've uh, I think I've rebounded this year. I'm back on track. I think my wife dropped a <clears throat> excuse me, a hint last night. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna have to look into it. Such as what do you what do you Well, I can't say. I mean I had to play dumb and go, what? Uh, Are you talking about, huh? You know, I can't. Is it as some, much as I say. Here's it, the question. What, yeah. Is it something you would want? Sure, yeah. It's yeah something don't, that, don't say anything. It's though. something we both would want, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. But, no, I haven't bought anything yet. I mean, I usually do the, you know, flowers and a well-written card and find time to take her out to dinner. But for us, it's kind of hard sometimes, you know. we're Now, this year, I don't. That's it's a Tuesday. You got a game? No. I don't I don't either. No. It's the week of district, right? For me. No. Yes. Uh I thought district was a week before. Yep, you're right. It's, it's week a original. district week for me. Point is I'll 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 have that day open. Dakota wants to know what it is. It's area. No, it's regional. No, it's regional. Um Oh yeah, okay, Dakota, it's <laughs> mind your own business, bud. I wonder if Dakota's... I might text it. I wonder if that Dakota, way you can see it. Yeah, do that, and then I'll blurt it out. <laughs> I wonder if Dakota has any fingernails if he's just chewing them off, waiting to see if Pat Mahomes is going to play this weekend. Uh, I saw a video yesterday yeah, of him looking healthy. Saw a video. You know, Sean's seven fingers are safe. 
He's the one who sent you that video, right? That he's good to go. We'll see. Oh, you sent that to Sam. Oh, sorry, Sam. Sam's going what? That's a pretty cool prize, though. Anyhow. Uh, Thunder last night, 137-132 defeat at the hands of the Atlanta Hawks. So they dropped... Well, Golden City drops to twenty three and twenty five, a couple of games below five hundred. Did you realize that they've that the Thunder have already exceeded the uh, preseason yeah. win total in Vegas? Yeah, I did. I did realize that. So if you had a ticket on the over, you've cashed you, before boom. the All Star break. Awesome. Uh, fun game last night. Uh, it was just a, a score fest. Not a lot of defense back and forth. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander thirty six. Uh, he's been super efficient over the past handful of games. And, and once again, 13 of 22, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. Anytime you, you, when you can score 36 on only 22 shots, uh, that's it's just great efficiency. Jalen Williams continues to be a revelation. He's not going to win the Rookie of the Year because Paulo Bancaro is. But Jalen Williams is right there. I mean, he has been – he's been better than I think maybe even – Sam Presti thought he might be as a as a rookie, um, just just awesome. And he was again last night, eleven of sixteen for twenty four uh, points. And, and it feels like he's started. You know, at the first of the year, he was taking like four or five shots and scoring eight or ten points. It, it seems like you know, as as they moved along throughout the year, he's been more in that fifteen, eighteen, twenty range uh, more frequently. And that's something that, as we move forward, he's averaging 12, 12 a game uh, for the season as a rookie. He's just he's been really good. Uh, the one thing you'd like to see him shoot more or higher than twenty nine percent from three, uh, which hopefully that just continues to to develop as he gets older. Uh, but Thunderwise, you know, they they have been ahead of schedule and better than anybody really thought they might be. And a big part of that is just their own guys are better. Yeah, they're developing. The guys that were there even before this this last draft. Back to Williams. Remember when we picked him, we all thought, that's a nice pick. Nice pick. S- small golf clap. We'll see. Turns out it's a good pick. And it goes always always go back to it in Sam we trust. He knows what he's looking for. He knows the type of player he's looking for. And at this point, he got, he's got a ton of them on this team that are, are quickly getting really, really good. So, Again, I mean, can't say enough about them. They're just a team that are getting better right before our eyes. The future and the immediate future, as far as this season's concerned, is very exciting because uh, we can get games like that, toss-up games where they have a chance to win, uh, games they should win and do win, and games they might still here and there. And, and then we're talking either play-in situation or outright playoff situation for them. Right on schedule. I, I think this is where they want to be even without Jet. I kind of asked that question to Jim on Monday, and, and he kind of answered it the way I wanted him to. I think they're on schedule. This is where Presti and the head office wanted this team to be uh, during this process of getting back into uh, to being contenders um, um, in the league. So I'm happy with it. I'm really anxious to see uh, if I could score some tickets in the city on state weekend if I have the if we have the opportunity to go. I've been looking into it because I'm. I want to see this team. I want to see him in person with my own eyes. Yeah, another guy that's back, uh, Yuzman Jang, uh, the the third of the first rounders that's kind of been lost in the shuffle with his injury. He's back, uh, and that that's just might contribute a little bit to losing 
just because he's not really ready to be an NBA player. But at the same time, uh, it, it'll help with development. And, you know, he's 11, 11 minutes last night, five points. The bench wasn't very good, which isn't normally the case uh, with Oklahoma City, but the bench guys had the had the really big minuses last night uh, with him, Muscala, and Trey Mann. That's a big part of why uh, the Thunder weren't able to win that game because the, the starters did a really good job um, in their minutes on the floor. So, you know, it's a loss, but at the same time, you can just see the development. You can see this team improving almost on a nightly basis, not only individually, uh, but also as a whole. Uh, so uh, fun times ahead, I think, in Oklahoma City over the next, I don't know, four or five years. Uh, I'm, I'm a little anxious. I think that's the word to use when Chet gets back. Hopefully it's not this year. I know there's been questions of if he is good to go, would you throw him in there in the playoffs? Why would you do that? Yeah. That seems like a horrible idea. But I'm anxious when you know summer comes around, preseason stuff. Does he add to this? Bill, does he add? Does he make the Chet team himself. better? Chet himself, does he make the team better? Or will there be an acclimation period for him as being a pro and getting to work with these these teammates? You would think a whole off season on a healthy foot, you know, after the season between then and, and summer league and, and beyond, that that all those questions would be answered and they'd be ready to go once the opener happens next year. So or next season. But there, I have a little I'm anxious, so anxious in a way of I'm excited and a little nervous at the same time. Yeah, you wonder how that looks offensively because right now the lane is wide open and the mm-hmm. Thunder are scoring points at the rim. You know, even though he's not a very big guy, Shea isn't your typical smallish guard. I mean, he's getting to the rim and scoring the basketball inside the arc. Yeah, and in in, in the paint in a lot of situations. <coughs> You wonder with uh, with Chet integrated into that into that system and being on the floor, does that take away, or is he going to be able to spread the floor and, and open open it up even more by by drawing a bigger guy out? That's obviously probably would be the hope. You know, if he could play, I think of like Serge play like Serge Ibaka in those pick and pop situations mm-hmm. to where around the elbows are a little bit even more extended from that you know in Serge's later time even with the Thunder he started going out to the three-point arc especially yeah. in the corners yeah you know and that's something we'll see Chet was shooting the three in college at a decent club oh yeah it was. you know yeah. so uh, I think that skill set is definitely there uh, moving forward all right let's talk a little college football uh, I saw this article this morning on ESPN it was just basically kind of uh, some writers talking different topics and, and making choices on this and that. For you, what are some storylines that intrigue you going into next college football season? Well, I mean, locally, you know, how does OU respond to that six and seven season? Will we see drastic changes or just improvement overall? Same thing with OSU, too. There's, it started the season great, then just immediate drop off. You had the um, mass exodus of, of players, namely at the wide receiver position, and of course quarterback and and uh, and a coach. Um, so what's what changes for both in-state schools moving forward? How do they get better from what they were last year? And what does that schedule look like? How do they navigate? That's going to a schedule that's going to be a little weird because you know you got the new teams coming into the Big Twelve. It could be a one-season, fourteen-team league. 
how is that going to look and how do the, how do the schools navigate that? So, you know, and then, you know, along those lines, who's the favorite in the Big 12? Everyone's going to say Texas because of what they bring back. Uh, will the addition of these schools change that? Will they be contenders you know, like BYU? Or, and uh, I'll get to Cincinnati coming up here. Uh, or does OU get back into the conversation of, okay, that last year was a fluke. We're back to being contenders. Maybe even Iowa State, even Matt Campbell said that that's been a re- that last year. This is rebuild 2.0, and and so are they going to take that next step to to getting back into contention? So some some local storylines for me, state schools and and beyond into the Big Twelve, um, and then you know do schools that that finish the year strong do they get better and become contenders? Florida State, LSU. Notre Dame, like this, I'm going to keep my eyes on them too. And and are they going to inject themselves into the national conversation of being playoff contenders? So some some early storylines for me. More will develop between now and next fall for sure. Yeah, all those I I can't wait to see how much dysfunction the quarterback conversation causes Texas feels like a lit fuse doesn't it? it just it just feels like we're just waiting for that it's needing to some oxygen right yeah. to, to, to get that fire burning because you you can I, I can in my mind just see as soon as the first incompletion from Quinn Ewers comes the the, the scuttlebutt is going to be where is Arch Manning where is Arch Manning and quite frankly I'm excited I, I'm really interested to see what he is you know, you get two totally different opinions. The recruiting guys will tell you, you know, the the, the pedigree is there. You know, the, the naysayers will tell you, well, why wouldn't he go to the Elite 11? Why wouldn't he go to the Under Armour or, or All-American games? Why wouldn't he put himself in a position to be compared to the other top quarterbacks in this class? Yeah. To a football, the, the, the league he plays in in Louisiana – is it even comparable to what Malachi Nelson or, or or Jackson Arnold are playing in California and Texas? That that it's that fascinates me to see what happens. Is he is he Peyton or Eli or is he Chris Sims, or worse? I I just I cannot wait for that. Also, can Georgia do something that hasn't happened since the thirties? Three straight, something that. A decade or so before Alabama's dominance really started, three titles in a row seemed like such a fantasy land. Even with the USC team back in the early 2000s, could you really even say they were playing for three in a row because they didn't win the BCS title in 2003. They were awarded an AP title. They didn't have to go through OU or LSU to win what was considered the trophy. And then in 2005, couldn't you know when they got their chance in that game against Texas, couldn't get it done. You know, and, and that just that seems so remarkably to, to even be in that position. And now Georgia, it it almost feels like it's them in the field, like they they have literally taken taken the Alabama throne and they're setting on it in such a short time. Like it just like happened, right? I mean, you you knew that the things were building there. Because because of the recruiting and how strong it had been since Kirby Smart Kirby Smart has been there, 
but it's still Georgia. Like it's almost like Georgieing and Clemsoning are gone now, <laughs> because those were the th- you know those were the those thing. were yeah. the things that those two programs weren't able to ever get over the hump, and now all of a sudden, bam! It's just in your face that Georgia is the king of the mountain in college football, and then the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12, at least for this season, and and, and going back to last year, even. I think the Pac-12, and it's unfortunate for them because it's all going to go away after this year with SC and UCLA leaving. But the Pac-12 has kind of steadied itself. I mean, it did it not feel like a year ago at this time the Pac-12 was dead? Dead. And it still might be once SC and UCLA really do leave. But what a what a turnaround. For the Pac-12, from Big 12 will pick up your scraps to, are they the second best conference in the country? And I think that argument can absolutely be made and be made strong going into next year. And a big part of it is two things, coaching and quarterbacking. And they've got an abundance of those things out there. So that's kind of where I'm at as far as the, the things that are going to intrigue me outside of just what we've got in the state schools. This is going to be a conversation that happens all off season and to start next year. Is it realistic to believe that Kalen Williams can go back-to-back in, in winning the Heisman Trophy? It, I, my initial reaction is no because the odds are against him because it's only happened once. And every time we get returning Heisman winners, it just doesn't happen. They'll finish second. I think the highest was who Jason White finished second in his return year. Is that right? Yeah, I think he did. Or was it Peterson? Who no, finished Peterson second? finished second. Jason White finished like fourth. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just that, that I go with that. But those contenders that were there this past season are more or less gone. So who's going to rise up and challenge them? I got a guy in mind. Penix Jr. Yeah. He's I, one of my Dark Horse Heisman dudes. I love I love this guy. He's coming back. There's a lot of momentum there in Washington. He's a good quarterback, and right there in the Pac-12, as you mentioned, there's. But Williams is so good. He he take him off the field. We've seen it in Norman. You've you've seen if he is slightly injured, he's still almost giving you a chance to win. But he's so good on it on that team. If you take him off, I mean, they're just okay. But um, so I keep going to that too. But right now, my I, just because the odds are, I, I got to see it. It's like you know, I never believed the triple crown would happen again until it finally right. happened. Yeah. You know, so kind of the same same ideas. Like it's been so long since that's happened. Only once has it ever happened. So I'm just using the odds. I say the odds are against them. I'm going to say no. But then I go to well, who's going to challenge them? Who's going to rise up? And and who else is going to? Are they going to say have that Heisman? conversation with whoever's taking the snaps in alabama yeah well who's that i don't know as we saw this year if you would have said at this time a year ago if we were having this conversation about bryce young and repeating and you came up with you know who i think is going to finish second max duggan (laughs) that's true first off a whole a whole bunch of people have said who Uh, why does that name ring a bell oh yeah he's the guy that sort of was the quarterback at tcu a couple of times right so there's, there'll be somebody. 
that comes out of nowhere to at least be a part of the conversation. The thing that I think helps Caleb Williams for next year is he really wasn't a huge part of the conversation last year until he was. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the whole year long building toward, hey, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. It really started in like November. Like people started to pay attention to, oh, USC's on, oh, golly, he just obliterated Notre Dame. Oh, God, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't one of those year-long Heisman candidacies. It was really kind of scrunched up into a short period. So, you know, he, he hasn't, even though he won it, it doesn't necessarily feel like he won it in a lot of ways just because he kind of came – he didn't come out of nowhere because everybody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't really a part of that conversation until the very end. And then it was almost like, well, gosh, C.J. Stroud let us down against Michigan – Bryce Young's team's lost twice. You know, are we going to give it to a running back? Blake Corum? No. Okay. Who else? Oh, look, look at Caden Williams. He's been he's doing pretty well. And then, bam, he won the award. So that's where I think maybe he has a, a little bit of an advantage versus, say, you know, Tebow coming back in 08 after becoming a cult hero as the fullback, basically, in 2006 on that title team. But that giant hype train was already rolling down the tracks for 2007, and then he had to do it again in 2008. And I think that that's where Williams has an advantage. Who's going to be this year's TCU? I mentioned him, Washington. I think Washington has a chance to to uh, really have success with their schedule. It it sets up pretty favorable for them. They host Oregon, but they go to USC and they host Utah. The rest are very winnable, and I mentioned Penix Jr. Um, a, a coming back, they, they got a lot coming back. I, I think they're they could be a team. You know, TCU's always been that nice team in the Big Twelve. You better be ready for them, or they could beat you. And they've had those up and down years and whatever. Same thing kind of be, could be said about Washington. Nice team in the Pac-12, but they'll drop a couple here and there, and then they'll finish at the Alamo Bowl or something like that. I think this coming season they have a chance to. Just keep winning because they got a good quarterback. How about you? I think it's Notre Dame. If they, 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 they too if, got if they count, and it, it's hard to figure out you know how far down. I'm looking at the the rank, the finishing rankings from last year, and they were 18. But the addition of Sam Hartman at the quarterback spot from Wake Forest, I think Notre Dame they have an incredibly hard schedule. Going into next, I mean, for next year, it's an incredibly tough one. I mean, the three games that are listed so far: Ohio State, USC, and Stanford. I mean, you know, so they're that that's going to be the one part of of Notre Dame that makes it really difficult. And if there's somebody else, why not just stay right here in the Big Twelve? What about Kansas State? Yeah, I almost did that. They're the team that everyone forgot won the Big 12 <laughs> this year. That's what's amazing about it, right? Uh, with TCU playing in the in So the if championship. they get better than what they were last year, what does right. that tell you? Right. Uh, who will be this year's Oklahoma or A&M? I'll stay in the Big 12. Cincinnati. Lost Fickle. They got a coach that – I heard this conversation yesterday. You might have heard it too. They got a coach that – Louisville didn't even want. Yeah. They were happy that 
that he left. That's uh, Satterfield. Yeah. Scott Satterfield. So I don't think they get better by, I mean, I hate talking bad about a guy, but Fickle, was a, he's a good coach. And he brought – you saw what he did at Cincinnati. Now he, I think he's going to have great success at Wisconsin. I, I don't know. Satterfield was subpar at best at Louisville. They they definitely kind of went down um, when he got there. Now he's over at Cincinnati. I just – I can see them easily going 6-6, six and 6-7, six, six and seven, something like that, in, in a, trying to navigate a new conference uh, week in and week out. Cincinnati is my answer. How about you? Because aren't we used to, like the last couple of years? Cincinnati's been a team. Mm-hmm. I know they they are competing for. Well, they're in the playoff. They, well, two years ago, and yeah. then then this year they were in their conference title mm-hmm. game now against Tulane. Tulane. Yeah, right. so they were winning, still winning at a high level. When they've won a lot of games under Fickle in the last three, four, five years, a lot of games without looking it up, but a lot of games. Obviously, I think that production goes way down. So I I can see them only win about six games next year. What about you? I want to say Michigan, but Michigan's not going to fall to the level that OU and A&M did. They're not going that far. Hard to see that. But I don't think the Wolverines – I think they take a little bit of a step back. I actually think Penn State has – this might be a year where they really have a legit chance. To fall off? No, no, no. Oh, to, oh, to be good. To maybe replace Michigan uh, as as Ohio State's real ba- real uh, force in that in that side of the Big Ten uh, in the Big Ten, but they're not going to go clear out of the top twenty five or anything like that. <clears> hmm. <throat> it's just hard to put Michigan there when all they have to do, and, and it was like that this year. It That's felt like true. all they had to do was beat Ohio State. It's very, very true. What about Oregon? Oregon, really? A lot of people like them. I know. Bo Nix. But so did yeah. a lot of people like OU and A&M last year. I know. <laughs> they could beat easy top ten and then. Oh, here's one. Maybe I've that should it. have been the answer. The, I've the got prerequisite. It. Who do we think will be in the top ten and then have a horrible year? I didn't th- approach it like that. Yeah, I- I've got it. Tennessee. Ah, just because there's, you know their schedule is going to be hard. At Florida, host A&M, at Alabama. You got it. Yeah, at Kentucky, obviously Georgia. Maybe Tennessee. Just a, you know, a top 10 team that finishes closer to 20 or 25. Replacing quarterback. Replacing some of those weapons, Jalen Hyatt. I'm going to go there. We'll go with Tennessee. How about this? Here's a question, a bonus question, real quick. Because we have saw a lot of first-year head coaches this past year, we got a lot of new ones this year, too, at, at new schools. And we saw what um, what happened at TCU. So what first-year head coach this coming year could have a TCU-like year? Wisconsin. Fickle. Because of his situation. Being in that Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. I think Hugh Freeze is going to be awesome at Auburn, but not yet. I actually think, and I, I may look like an idiot in a couple of years, but I think Matt Rule is the perfect guy 
for Nebraska if there is such a thing as Nebraska being something again. I think he's perfect, but not yet. So I'd go. I would immediately think of the fickle just pops in my mind. What about you? Hot take here. If Colorado goes to TCU (laughs) and opens up with a win, you can see that hype train running. Oh, my gosh. I can't even possibly And then they take on Matt Rule's Nebraska the following week. They got USC at home. They got USC at home. Sadly, not in December or November. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's in late, sa- who doesn't late want, September. Who doesn't want to see Tebow freezing his tail off on the sideline? <laughs> um, at UCLA, I'm looking at some tough games for him. Not at Utah on November 25th. I mean, let's see. Let's see what happens. Did Dion get his guys in there in the portal? And does it is it a? I'm gonna go work in progress. Massive turnaround in year one. Gonna like, go like work TCU was in progress. All right, we're gonna take a break. You're gonna get left off the hook. It's probably a good thing, Aaron. What's on Jared's mind or off the wall predictions for the college <laughs> football season? Vote now. Yeah, vote now. What do you want to hear? <laughs> what do you want to hear to wrap it up on a Thursday? Wrapping it up on a Thursday. What's on Jared's mind or off the wall predictions? Nobody voted, so nobody voted, so I guess I get to vote. You get to vote. I'll let you off the hook. Oh, good. Thank you. Give me an off-the-wall prediction for the upcoming football season in college football. Well, you want off-the-wall, meaning crazy? Something that I mean, not a lot of people are going to pick to happen. I'll go back to the same reasoning I said it's Caleb Williams will not go back-to-back because it's so hard to do, because the odds are against him. Okay. Georgia's not going to win another title. <clears throat> it's three in a row. That's, come on, we're talking historic level of greatness. That's hard to do. You have the numbers. When was the last time that's happened? Like 1934 through 36. I'm going to say, is it really off the wall to say Does I don't that think count? that's going to happen? Yeah, pre-World War II. count? I think it was Minnesota. I'm, it was, I think you're right. I will say Georgia will not win the national title next year. Don't ask me who I think will win it, but I don't think Georgia will because it's – I think the, the pressure is against them. How about you? I think you did this one last year. I'm going to do it this year. I'll tell you who's going to win the title. The title is going to be won – by the Alabama Crimson Tide. And Nick Saban is going to be done. Ha! Bye-bye, Nick Saban. There it is. Yeah, it's from the Texans. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I did He rides that. off in the sunset with uh, – the problem is I don't know if I believe that he rides off in the sunset with a title. Who the heck is going to be their quarterback? don't know but for them let's hope it's not Jalen Milrow or he better start throwing it better than what we saw against Texas or was it Texas no Texas quarterback I heard who did he play against all he could do was run not, could not throw yeah yeah it's a good one it doesn't go would, it, would it make you would it make year. you nervous if you were an Alabama fan watching the national title game the pregame stuff and he's on us he's on a set like he's yeah preparing. but he's always there if yeah. he's not I mean it's like he's prepping for that next career does he really? Does he really want to do that? Bob did it, I guess. 
He was good at it. I he just was fun don't at it. See Saban. Does he have enough personality to be a TV guy? I think he does. You know what I would like to see? You know what I would like to see? Him smile? <laughs> What's that? Him, I would love to hear him like comment. I would I would love I would love for him to be on the Manning cast. Like that's a perfect vehicle. I think he was a guest at one time. But I you think mean, like, he might have been just, just to. I want to hear the, as yeah. as a game is happening. I want to hear what Nick Saban watches. Yeah, what does he see? You know, along those lines, keep that in mind. Really pay attention if if you're right. Really pay attention. He might be taking a, a page out of the Bob Stoops playbook. Watch who he hires for his OC. Really pay attention to that, because it might be more than just a hire for an offensive coordinator. Who takes that job? You know, I thought more about that. Someone pointed this out, and it made a lot of sense. And maybe I'm just wishful thinking as an OU fan. His Traditionally, his hires at that position are not this fresh-faced, offensive coordinator young guy it's a guy that maybe was fired from a head coaching job and kind of rehabbing their career or somebody that was in the nfl and he goes well bill o'brien's a fine example so it jeff levy hiring of jeff levy would kind of go against the uh, against the grain there yeah so you're right who takes you know who was fired recently no i'm talking <laughs> about who takes that job after saving oh after saving offense coordinator oh yeah see that's that's uh that's a whole other show. That is. That's a fascinating question. Who would want that job? Who would want to follow? Your immediately, and your uh, the immediate thing would pop your mind would be everybody. <clears throat> yeah, until two years in, and then you don't have a national title. I think you want to be the guy that follows the guy yeah. that follows Saban. The oddsmakers would tell you if he were to quit, I think the favorite would be Dabo. I could see that. But again, watch who he hires at offense. Wonder what the names would be there. Let's see if we can find. I bet you that's out there. I bet you could bet on that. <coughs> you know a name that I would think would be in the mix? Who? Lane Kiffin. Yeah. I think Lane Kiffin would be a possibility there. Found a quick list. Okay. In order. Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart. Yeah, I don't see that. <laughs> Lincoln Riley. When was this published? Three years ago. Yeah, Never mind. This is, this is a little outdated because it has Mark D'Antonio on here. Yeah, that one's not going to happen. Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, that's an old list. Will Mush, Mushcamp. Mushcamp. Mushchamp. Mushchamp. Urban Meyer. Uh-oh. Now we're talking. Jimbo Fisher. Pete Carroll. And rounding out this list. Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I'm talking about. Bob triumphantly returning to Norman as the head coach of the Alabama oh. Crimson Tide. That'd be awkward. It'll be crimson and cream, I guess. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered.